Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. The show is a breakout from the CBS News Weekend Roundup, and every week we discuss issues including income inequality and race. In 1955, Rosa Parks made history by refusing to give up her seat on a segregated Alabama bus to a white man. It sparked the year-long Montgomery bus boycott. Parks, who died in 2005, was widely celebrated as the mother of the civil rights movement. But many don't know that Claudette Colvin was arrested for refusing to give up her seat to a white woman nine months before Parks. She was only 15 then. Now, at the age of 82, she's moving to have the probation she was given removed from a record. Ms. Colvin tells us what happened March 2nd, 1955. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. We got out of school early that evening uh, because the faculty members was having a meeting. So uh, I lived on across town, what we call across town, uh, in a community called King Hill. And we had to be bused uh, every day to school. So instead of waiting for this special bus, it wasn't a county bus, it was a city bus uh, that... uh, took us to to and from to school. So uh, instead of waiting as teenagers, we decided that we would walk downtown and browse around. But when we was walking, we discovered we didn't have any money. So when we saw our bus coming, we uh, boarded the bus. And when we boarded the bus, there was a few colored people and a few white people on it, but by the time we got uh, two th- two stops or more, it was at full capacity. And the bus driver asked three or uh, four of us to get up to give a seat to a, a white lady. She wasn't an elderly white lady; she was a young white lady. And uh, in order for her to sit, well, we were sitting. We were sitting in the color section, not the white section. But in, so she could sit down, he needed four students uh, to move, right? And when he asked me, three other students got up reluctantly and moved to the rear and stood up. And I remained seated because if she wanted to sit, she had the whole seat across the aisle for me. But because of Jim Crow rules, a color person wasn't, a a white person wasn't supposed to sit across the aisle from a Negro passionately. I remained seated. So what I thought was unfair, if she was tired, she could sit in the seat uh, uh, opposite me. But she wasn't. 
But because of segregation law, white people supposed to sit in front of colored people. And so that was to show that they were superior and we was inferior. We sit behind them. So I was arrested at uh, Court Square. But first, the uh, traffic patrolman came on the bus and he asked me uh, why I was sitting, why I wasn't sitting there. And I told him I was sitting there because I paid my fare and it was my constitutional rights. And so he yelled to the bus driver who had hailed him from that uh, he had no jurisdiction here. And so as the student, myself and the student thought it was over with because I wasn't breaking the law. I was sitting in the color section. But uh, the passioners probably wasn't satisfied with my response and the driver. So instead, I don't know, he talked to the patrolman, uh, the traffic patrolman, and they uh a call the squad car. So instead of the squad patrolman arresting me right there at uh, Court Square, uh, they, the bus driver, were one block in, in the normal uh, route, bus route, and uh, I was arrested at Bill and Carver's. So when the squad car patrolman Boy, uh, came to the rear of the bus and asked me the same question while I was sitting there. And it was very rude. And uh, I don't know, one grabbed one arm and the other grabbed the other, other arm. Because I refused to stand up and walk off the bus. So uh, I tell the people and other reporters the reason why I didn't move is because history had me glued to the seat. And they say, how is it that history had you glued to this seat? <laughs> and I said, uh, Harriet told me hands were pushing me down on one shoulder and so John true hand will push me down on another shoulder. So because we had been studying uh, about our heroes and all the significant contributions that uh, Negroes had made to America, had made in America, and we had been deliberately left out of history because of the color of our skin. And so that's why, that's how my mindset was. Like so many other Black people, I was taught the first person that did this was Rosa Parks. You did this nine months before she did. Are you angry that many people are are just now learning that, that you were first? No, I was just saying, I wanted to correct you. I'm not the first person that uh, had altercation with the bus driver and the passioners. That was part of the... The behavior and the response in a segregated, living in a segregated society. And when other people had it, uh, altercations, you know what they did? They just got off the bus. Maybe I would have gotten off the bus had not it been for Negro History Month. 
when they decided that Rosa Parks was going to be the face of the of this movement, why did they choose her and not you? I wasn't seeking notoriety. I would just wanted someone and an adult person instead of talking behind the white people back, speak out in front of them and let them know that you're not satisfied with this segregation law. Uh, I think they they chose Mrs. Parks because she was already in uh, NAACP secretary. So she was well known. And a lot of people said that uh, it was because of the, her complexion. But that is true about complexion. But again, I think not only that is because my parents, you know, where we lived on King Hill, we was uh, low income. And every community have a reputation. Like uh, in the college area, that community was called Bel Air. And my community was called King Hill. <laughs> So in other words, this was because you were not light-skinned and your family was not rich and they thought that she would be a better face for the movement. Well, Mrs. Park wasn't rich either, uh, but she lived in the community in that area where blacks, well, the more affluent black lived. Uh, that's, I'm just saying she is, was known in that, that section of town. So all of these years later, and you are 82 years young, I understand, ma'am. What made you say, I want to get this probation off of my record when your lawyers obviously note that you should never have been charged in the first place? Well, uh, I think uh, I'm 82 years and I'm not, as people say, I don't like to say, I'm at the last stage of my life and God has blessed me to have all of my faculties and uh that is one thing I want uh, the record to be straight. I mean, could get clearance because when my grandchildren look at my arrest, hear about how I was arrested and the, what I was charged with and all the litigation that took place, I want my record to show that I was just, I wasn't. Uh, really a juvenile delinquent that I was just an American Negro girl uh, asking for her right, letting the people know that I was treated unfairly. And if you clear my record, that shows that the segregation law was the one that was unfair. And today, as the struggle continues, we are still struggling, and that's why we have so many problems now, because the problem wasn't dealt with earlier when the legislatures had a chance to do something. So if they clear my record, if they clear my record, I would just feel good. I would be just like James Brown's song. I feel good. <laughs> Just one more question. I know that you said that you weren't mad about about Mrs. Parks having 
you know, been seen as the person who did this for all of this time. But do you feel better now that so many more people know what you did and what you went through, you know, and, and that she was far from the only person? Well, she was far from the only person. No, we cannot go through all the people that was had struggled, been intimidated, harassed, and even murdered. I'm right here now, recovering from tears from crying over the little four girls that were killed in the church here in Birmingham. So, I, like I told you, I was just glad that it was an adult person speaking up. You know, and that what I did, that, you know, it will be taken to court and dealt with. So I'm really glad that Mrs. Parks did what she did. And because of she being part of the uh, NWACP, they would, it would give my, what I did more meaning. You know, I can find a word. You can find a better word. You know what I'm trying to say? That as a teenager, if you have good thoughts, whether or not, it doesn't matter whether you're a teenager or whether you're an adult. If you're doing the right thing or your heart in the right place, then you can acknowledge that this law is wrong, segregation is wrong, and you speak out about it. So, no, I was glad that Mrs. Parks did what she did. And uh, like I said, I wasn't seeking notoriety throughout the years, but I have made a lot of presentations and uh, people have supported me. And most of all my six sisters here in Birmingham, they supported me (laughs) and the family, you know, and my family. So uh, throughout the years, People have gone through struggles, not about... See, a lot of people think the only struggle about sitting on the bus. That was uh, grieving us to be high. It wasn't just about sitting on the bus. That wasn't only grieving us. It's being a second-class citizen and treated as a second-class citizen. And a lot of people went through different forms of, of oppression. So uh, I'm glad that I spoke out and it, you know, and it brought other people, uh, gave them courage to speak out their grievances and uh, help fight other causes. And I said, one, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, I'm glad this young lady who started the movement, Black Lives Matter, and I'm glad that movement started. And I'm able to hear, I'm still alive to see people are still fighting for their rights. That's Claudette Colvin, who was arrested before Rosa Parks for refusing to give up her seat on a segregated bus. The judge who was handling the case is expected to rule in her favor. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Monday. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News.
Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.